Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Manny and Sean Experience podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month by reviewing a special on ABC that recently came out. And the writer strike is finally over. So, And then we'll wrap up the podcast as we always do with What's Our Issue? Stick around. 10 seconds. We'll be back. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number five zero. Oh wow, the <laughs> bars have gone really high in our audio, <laughs> so we'll scale that down. You was peaking. <laughs> but you know, we're really excited. Episode 50, we celebrated a year in August and you know, it's been slow but steady. I mean, yeah, it's been slow but steady. We've been having fun still doing it because otherwise I don't think we would. Um, but yeah, episode 50, this is a milestone. We should be very proud of ourselves for reaching this. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I was thinking last night, I'm like, you know, people are like, you need a hobby. And I guess this is, it's kind of a hobby, but I want it to be more than a hobby. Yeah, I mean, we have aspirations for it. And Recently, some things have started happening and we have some collaborations like it's exciting times for us because I didn't know if we would get to this point, but I'm glad that we are here. So that's a big thank you to all of you who listen and watch um, because you come back every week and you keep our numbers up and you engage with us. We would love more engagement. Um, But yeah, thank you for listening and welcome to episode 50 yeah thanks for listening watching wherever you get us we appreciate um what's been your favorite part of this journey 50 episodes um my favorite part i guess is just talking, something you've enjoyed or talking about different topics and having people that listen to us you know tell us that they enjoy the show or they learn things from listening to us. I think that is important because a big part of doing this is that we, you know, we say that we're having conversations, me and him, this is a conversation we would have over dinner, but it's nice to be able to have these conversations with you guys on social media as well. And for you to talk back to us and let us know that you learned something or you got some value out of the podcast. Yeah. How about you? Um, favorite part is just being creative and doing things I didn't think we'd ever do. <laughs> um, like, I don't know. Like, we've covered some topics where I never thought I would talk about such personal things um, <laughs> with the world. All up in your um, So that's been kind of fun. The creative process of it. I, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. That's like, good. So, yeah, that's been my favorite part. Awesome. Um, so I look forward to another 50. <laughs> so do I. Um, how about you guys write to us, DMS, whatever, and let us know what your favorite part of the podcast has been since you started listening, whenever that was. Yeah, slide into them DMs. (laughs) 
All right. Um, yeah, let's jump in today. Manny has told you what we're talking about, so let's just go ahead and get into the mixtape. You're in the mix. Welcome back. Welcome to another mixtape. What are we talking about today? This week we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, which we did a lot better with last year. <laughs> Honestly, if I have been seeing like commercials for Hispanic Heritage Month, but I feel like it's been a lot less than it was like last year. I mean, do you know where we live? I know where we live. I'm just saying in general, like I the push hasn't been there. But that could just be the current state climate of the we're living in. But happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Yes, happy Hispanic Heritage Month to everybody's. We are going to honor and celebrate it today. Uh, specifically, we have a friend who is a producer uh, who was a part of this really cool uh, show that was called uh, The Latin Music Revolution. A Soul of a Nation presentation, uh, which aired September 15th on ABC and Primetime, okay? And it's now streaming on Hulu, so you can go check it out after you listen to the podcast. After you listen to the podcast. Um, Yeah, it was cool that we knew someone that actually worked on it and conducted interviews with some of the the musical guests. and Latin stars. Sorry. Go I was ahead. saying, in hindsight, we probably should have asked them to come on to the podcast. I know. We, when we thought about doing this, um, he was already gone Don't for to work his next in project. LA. So maybe we will have him on at some point, though, just to talk about his experience, because I would like to, you know, get some of that behind the scenes kind of thing for the podcast. But. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's conversation people will enjoy, whether yes. you know the artists he talked to or the producers he talked to, um, it'll still be fun. Um, so if you're wondering what in the crayup is the Latin Music Revolution? Um, so it's a one-hour special uh, that kind of covered Latin music and the highlights of upcoming artists, but also going back to the roots of um the Latin artists that were kind of underground and, and paved the way for Latin music now, the days. Yeah. It was pretty much a, I feel like it went from artists today and then it went back to the people that influenced them. And then it went back to the people that influenced those people so that you really got from the beginning, like where everything started and how we got to where we are today. Yeah. And the feature, the presentation had Carol G on it, uh, Nikki Jam, uh, Goyo, uh, RBD, Afro Latina, Amara La Negra. So a lot of key players in music in the Spanish realm uh, were interviewed in this uh, particular presentation, which I thought was really good. Like at the end of it, I was like, oh, I want another episode. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it could have gone like so much it deeper. Definitely could have gone on to other things. Um, but from the 45 minutes that you get, like they did pack a lot of information yeah. in it. 
And it was easily it was di- easily to digest it. So yeah, I don't think it's showing any commercials on Hulu, so it moves fast. Yeah. <laughs> and in case you're wondering, yes, Bad Bunny does appear, but he yes. was not interviewed. Yeah, he was part of the show. I think they used clips from other interviews. Yeah. Uh, but you couldn't deny the the image of Bad Bunny and talk about music revolution. Right. Uh, because Bad Bunny has really been uh, the leader in it. Uh, but they did focus a lot on Carol G, which is actually, um, she's the first female Latin artist to break uh, the billboard uh, with her new album, which yes. was huge for not only her, but also Latinas everywhere uh, that are looking to break into music. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed learning about, you know, some of the other artists that I don't know as well, like the ones that started it. Like, I know Celia Cruz. Like, I know um, uh, Gloria Estefan. I know... The Miami Sound Machine. The Miami Sound Machine. Like, I know those things. But, like, uh, Tito... Tito Puentes. Puentes. Played the Timbales. We talked about him. I didn't know his daughter was Sheila. Wait, that's not Tito Puentes. Oh. (laughs) That's another... Wait, what's his name? I forgot his name, actually. I'm sorry. Um, But just learning the history. P. Escalado. Okay. You're talking about... Yes. Yes, yes, yes. P. Escalado. Just learning the history and the music that I've heard either on my own or at his parents' house because his dad is a music aficionado. He plays all the latin music (laughs) um and putting a face to it and then learning their story and then learn how they influenced um artists of today like that was it was really good yeah so we recommend watching the show to gain a better perspective of music artists and talents in the latin world but i just wanted to bring out a couple little highlights from the special that i thoroughly enjoyed or things that i think need to be talked about a little bit more and i feel like you and i have talked a little bit about uh there's still a lack of color representation in the latin world yeah they touched on you know reggaeton coming from african beats and afro-latino beats and how there wasn't a lot of representation for Afro-Latinos um, in the space, but that was changing. Um, I forget the artist that they featured, uh, but... Wasn't it La Negra? No, the other, the... Um, oh, my God. I forget what she was on. Anyway, but they featured her, and she's up and coming. Goya. Goya? I think Goya. Goya. She's up and coming, um, and, you know, she's representing dark skin. Afro-Latinos and doing her own thing. And I just liked how they highlighted that and put a spotlight on it because it's something that I feel like isn't talked about a lot. Yeah, I mean, if we think about In the Heights when it came out, uh, the movie, which was a previous musical, there was a lot of upset people uh, when I was celebrating that movie. Right. But there was a feelings in the Latino community that there wasn't enough people of color, Latino people of color uh, in the representation. So uh, Latinos still have a long way to go. Uh, I think music is a good driver uh, to influence and showcase 
uh, different people and, and showing the world that we're not all, they all don't all look like me <laughs> because I am a, a white Puerto Rican. Right. Right. Um, and that was something else that was touched on about in the special is how white Latinos tend to come to the forefront faster uh, than people that might be more dark skinned and uh, that's that's a racism issue that just lives in the Latino community. So it's a colorism issue. Colorism, that, yeah, not colorism. I mean, it lives in both communities. It lives in the Latin communities. It lives in the Black community as well because there will be artists that are darker tone or darker skinned who get kind of left behind, and you have lighter skinned artists that you know rise to the top and. The darker skin artist music is just as good, if not better, sometimes than. But colorism is a thing mm-hmm. um, in a lot of different communities, and it's something that I'm glad they put a spotlight on. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's important to understand that we all don't look the same. You know, I know sometimes we'll go or been in Latin countries, and you know, you, you hear off comments that's like, "Wow, there's black people here," and it's like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and they are native to the land. Like when we think about Puerto Ricans, we come from the Taino Indian, which was darker skinned. So, I mean, there is all colors of us in every Latin generation, not generation, Latin country, because there's so many of us, right? There's, right. It's not just Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. You know, you got everywhere in South America, Mexico, you got Spain. I mean, we all come in different colors. So I, I, liked that importance that they put on it and also the fact that they made made it a a prominent topic because i do think music um helps reach other people or more people and brings awareness and i think that happened through like one of the other things they talked about was enrique iglesias who's a spanish artist Mm -hmm. has done english right uh, he partnered, not partnered, he collaborated with Nicky Jam. So that was like a crossover of our music, reggaeton, and, and Enrique Iglesias more pop. pop. Um, Latin pop. But that brought more people, you know, in an age where, and, and I think Nicky Jam even talked about it, where he's like, I took one for the team because back then that's not something you would do. A, re- a reggaeton person would not collaborate with more of a pop right. person like Enrique Iglesias. So when I talk about, the exposure of darker skinned um, talent, I think that's a good evidence of how music exposes because I think music has evolved in the Latin world a lot. Um, it's not all the same. Like, yes, it's still the heartbeat of what reggaeton is. And, and I'm specifically talking about reggaeton, not salsa, merengue, none of that. But I think it's it's changing, it's evolving. So I think music will also be what brings more people from the Latin uh, darker skins and tones to the forefront with their music because they're they're just as equally talented. Yeah, I agree, and I feel like they did a they also did a great job of showing um, the crossing over of genres. Um, they highlighted the Bad Bunny and Drake collaboration. Um, going into today, the Bad Bunny and the uh, Mexican band. Grupo Frontera. Them. And how that has now kind of kicked off people wanting to work with Mexican artists. 
And we're seeing a whole new wave of crossover starting to happen. Yeah. Um, we can even take that collaboration even further when Daddy Yankee and Luis Fonsi, which is also talked about in this special, um, wrote Despacito. And actually, right. oh, Lord, I forgot her name. Erica Ender. She is co-writer of the song Despacito, and she's worked with, I don't know how many people. She said over 200 albums. Okay, sweetie. <laughs> but her story was interesting, too, because she was mm-hmm. saying how she would write songs and send it to artists or labels. And they would see that it was written by a woman and it would just get rejected. So finally, she like just put her initials in and sent in the music. And they were like... And she would have her... Male friends sing the demos. Right. That's another thing. Have the male sing the demos and then send it. And then when they were like, oh, I like the song. Then she's like, oh, I'm a woman, by the way. (laughs) And I just thought that that was another highlight of how the industry can be both colorist Mm -hmm. as well as sexist. um, And things that need to be worked on. Yeah. So, and I know this was told from a Latin perspective, a Latin lens, because we are celebrating um, Hispanic heritage, but uh, I feel like that could also go for just the music industry as a whole. <laughs> yeah, and um, so one of the other things I really enjoyed about it was the the talks about like Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, I think, was also instrumental in showcasing his audience, Latin yeah. artists, um, because he invited Bad Bunny onto the show, and he. I think he's been twice. Um, and he sang his song, Estamos Bien, which was one of his lead singles from his first album. And that was such a powerful moment to have somebody to come out and speak, sing in Spanish mm-hmm. for a predominantly American audience doesn't speak Spanish. Right. Um, so he put a little lens on that as well, because as, as much as Jimmy Fallon gets on my nerves sometimes, <laughs> I think he has been one of the pioneers in exposing his audience to latin artists it's not just bad bunny he's invited other spanish artists i think about when janet made it a point to bring daddy yankee on for her song made for now on the jimmy fallon show so i mean it's really important to also acknowledge the people that might not be latino but are also being a part of the community and helping bring awareness right they also showed, because like you said, having Bad Bunny be on Jimmy Fallon and singing and rapping in Spanish is not normally what you would see on American television. Um, but they covered like the Latin explosion when Ricky Martin first burst onto the scene and Enrique Iglesias and Jennifer Lopez. You had Latin artists that were doing pop songs, but they were doing them in English. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like that, that first barrier to break through. And the easiest way for them to do that is to sing in English and have the English audience understand who this artist is and then get into the music. Um, They also also talked about Shakira because Shakira also broke through and she was singing in In English. English. And then to see it now, a lot of artists are just being true to their roots and doing everything in Spanish. When they perform on American television, they're performing in Spanish. Um, they may collaborate with English speakers. Um, but to see where we we came from and where we are today, and they kind of, throughout the 
the show led you to how we got to where we are. Yeah, they even talked about Gloria Stefan and uh, the Miami Sound Machine and how uh, they were singing in English, but they were like, mm, you may want to drop these uh, instrumental congas. Right. This, they're like, the American music market is not here for that. And they persevered. They kept pushing. Like, no, they had a a thought, and I'm paraphrasing here because I could be wrong. <laughs> um, essentially, the, the idea was Gloria Stefan believed that as long as you made good music, it didn't matter right? Um, whether it was Latino influenced. And then she was singing in English too. So, but <laughs> I thought that was cute, cool. Um, but fast forward now to artists now, like Bad Bunny doesn't care. He sings in Spanish. Right. He went on the Grammys, the American Grammys, opened the show, opened the show and sung in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then did a song about the political issues going on in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Um, that was another theme about in the show that they captured, which I th- I thought was really cool, is the authenticity. Did I say that right? Authenticity of artists nowadays that the young people are looking for, um, and I think Bad Bunny, Carol G. They didn't really talk about um, J Balvin, but J Balvin is another person in the Latin music community that they sing to their tone of spanish but they also are transparent with their fans and they're supportive of all aspects of life lgbtq plus community i mean bad bunny wore a shirt on jimmy fallon the second time he went Mm -hmm. um talking about a trans woman that was killed in puerto rico um what a powerful statement that is that we can do that now as latin people whereas back in the day you know, you had to, are you going to sing in English? <laughs> we need you to sing in English for us. Right. So at this point, Bad Bunny doesn't care. He sings in Spanish. He goes everywhere in Spanish. So I thought that was an important part of the music revolution that they, they captured within the, the special. And then thinking back to where you mentioned the Mexican regional music, mm-hmm. uh, it was interesting to learn that Mexican regional music captures all the different music. And I, I don't remember all of it. There's so many different based on like regions, uh, like mariachi's one. And I thought that was really cool to learn about. You know, when I think Mexican regional, I just think it's, that's just what we call it. Right. I didn't know there was, you know, it's about the segments. Subsets of it. Right. And then talking more about how music is crossing over now, artists are partnering with Mexican artists such as Bad Bunny. But uh, Ricky Martin just recently redid one of his old songs uh, with a Mexican artist as well. Becky G today, I saw on Spotify, released a song, uh, Segundo Chance, with Ivan Cornejo, which is also a Mexican regional artist. So now, you know, I'm not saying Bad Bunny did it. Because somebody may have done it and I just didn't capture it. But it's good to see that because now Grupo Frontera is huge. Yeah. English, Spanish, people know Grupo Frontera. So now through Latin music, now, you know, through reggaeton, we're bringing through other regions of music into the mix. So I just hope that continues to grow. I think it will. Like, I love it when artists 
work with or collaborate with someone that you wouldn't expect them to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I didn't you, expect that money. <laughs> right. And you get like a completely different take on a song. And maybe you then go and listen to the person that they collaborated with because you like the song and you want to hear other music that they've done and you get to learn a whole new artist or uh, love a whole new artist. So, yeah. Yeah. So we definitely recommend checking it out. Again, it's on Hulu. It is the Latin Music Revolution, a soul of a nation presentation. I guarantee you, you're going to love it. Um, Just to hear you know, where Latin music has come from, where it's going. Uh, one last thing they talked about was, you know, how important it was to just see Bad Bunny getting, taking us on Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny <laughs> got the first ever album of the year nomination for album of the year at the Grammys, the English yeah. Grammys, um, which was huge. So slowly but surely, Latin music will continue to grow and continue to build. Um, and as we honor Hispanic Heritage Month until the 15th of October, um, go listen to some Latin artists. I think I'm going to put another playlist together. You didn't ask a for Hispanic it. Hispanic Heritage Month playlist. We did one for our mental health. Wait, what was that? Healing episode. Healing. I may create another one for this, just so you can expose to some of these other artists that we didn't really touch on too much. Um, like uh, there was another group there, the RBD group. Uh, which is a Latin group from back in the day, which reunited again. We had a friend that went to the concert. Oh, yeah, them. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Um, <laughs> but we'll put together another playlist so you can go check it out. You know, I'm a believer that if, even if you don't understand the words, you can fall into music. I think you, you're a great case for that. Yes. I, I mean, after meeting him and getting into reggae song, like I really love Winston and Yandel for some reason. Um, don't do that. And I, I you like know, him too. I like Jennifer Lopez for pop. Um, I've gotten into like Tito El Bambino. I know Manny doesn't care for his music. Uh, Daddy Yankee, of course. Like the list goes on. And Bad Bunny. Um, and I don't. I'm not a native Spanish say Mark speaker. Anthony? Oh yeah, Mark Anthony. Three point oh is my shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. He doesn't say a damn word. I don't, but. Look, music is universal. Like you hear beat, you hear melody. You might not know exactly what they're singing about, but you can fall in love with a song and you can sing along to a song because you've listened to it so many times. You know the lyrics to it. And all of a sudden you're speaking Spanish and don't even know it. it I don't know. It's, music is a feeling. I love music. I love all different types of music. And I have a lot of like music that i listen to yeah so i'll create the playlist check it out if you want i'll post it on our social uh, but definitely go check out the show on hulu again the latin music revolution a soul of a nation presentation uh, we are not sponsored just no. because we know somebody we ain't getting no <laughs> kickbacks uh, but definitely go check it out it's a great 40-ish minute uh latin music and and supporting really hispanic heritage month uh, show because you know i'm sure abc looks at how well it does if they're gonna right. continue putting on such production so definitely go out and support while we can yeah good job so moving on to our next mixtape topic okay so i brought this topic to the table 
Um, as you all know, if you watch any kind of TV program, movies, whatever, the writers are on strike or were on strike. And so are the actors are also on strike. Um, they are fighting for better pay. They're fighting to protect their jobs from AI, which is consuming a lot of industries. Um, they're just fighting basically for their livelihood because the executives at these companies want to basically take away things from them, use them sparingly, cut the the workforce in half, only pay a few people, and still turn out product. And was it was it our friend that told us? That, you know, you can be casted as an extra and they yes. take your your being and they just use it for a lifetime and pay you like pocket change. Yes. So you can show up as an extra one day, get paid for that one day, um, sign away your sign away your likeness. Um, they basically make an AI scan of you and then they're able to use you in the background for whatever they want going for it forever. Which is crazy to me. And you that get someone like a with one hundred dollar paycheck. Would somebody <laughs> would even come up to you and suggest that? But these are the powers that be, the ones that are already filthy rich, and they get rich off of the content that you make for them. I don't, I don't like. It's not clicking all the way for me. Like you already have more money than you could spend in a lifetime, probably. And these people are, some of them living paycheck to paycheck. And all they're asking for is like their basic rights. Right. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to give you all a couple of facts. I know facts, right? They suck. Um, you're, but you're in America. You're I'm just giving facts. you a little background. So the strike has been going on for 148 days, um, which is forever if you are someone that doesn't have a lot of finance or money coming in. And you depend on this job, your bills are still coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, That mortgage still needs to be paid. Mm -hmm. You still got to eat. So thankfully, um, this past Tuesday, they finally reached a deal. Um, They still have to go through some... They still have to look it over whatever to make sure that everyone is in alignment. Before they sign it. But let me tell you what the deal offers. Um, It allows writers to choose the use of AI to aid their writing upon receiving consent from the studios. So the studios wanted to like completely use AI to write scripts and things. And then they would have, they were thinking of having writers come in and just kind of clean it up. Yeah, because the AI types too many words. it's, it's, (laughs) It's like word vomit. You say cat, and it gives you all kinds of <laughs> passages about cats. So it bars the use of AI for writing or rewriting literary material and forbids studios from enforcing writers to use it. They also offer increased compensation for the writers and adds new minimum staffing requirements for TV writer rooms. And that's very important. I'm going to tell you why. It's going to tie back to Latino Heritage Month. Don't rush me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Under the deal, 
Um, streamers will also have to provide viewership data um, to the Writers Guild. Now, this is a big deal because streaming is kind of where all of this kind of broke down. Because usually for writers, if they do a TV show, they get residuals based on like how many people watch it in a certain amount of time. And that was easy to do because when you watch something that gets recorded by Nielsen, it gets sent to the studio, blah, blah, blah. With streaming, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, they don't tell them the numbers. So they don't know how many people are watching a certain show. And so their pay is kind of just a flat base pay. Like people could be like, let's take Stranger Things, for instance. People could be binging that. And if a certain amount of people, if it was a regular TV show on a regular TV channel, the writers would be getting big checks for it. But because it's on streaming and they don't tell them the numbers, they kind of just get what we give you. So that is a big deal for them as well. Um, I say I'll end the blah, blah, blah. It's unclear if uh, the actors strike will end because that was a separate deal. Um, so they're currently still on strike, but hopefully this will get them back. So we can start. Well, it's good. We, we well, the writers writing, can at least we get need writing first. Right. Before we can start acting. <laughs> because I promise you for the next year or so, we're just going to have more reality TV yeah. shows. Bachelorette. Bachelor. The Golden Bachelor. The Golden Bachelor. <laughs> the Raft. Things. Um, so the way that I'm roping this back into, uh, the Hispanic Heritage Month is that Latinos only make up a small fraction of writers, as little as 1% on movies released in theaters and 6% on TV. Um, this is mainly because they are put into what they called, um, they have different tiers of writers. So they're usually put into that first tier, which is like bottom tier, <laughs> and they will help get a show off the ground and pitch to a uh, network. And then usually what happens is the network will take it and use their own writers and drop the writers that kind of help get a script to where it needed to be to be a show, which kind of sucks. Of course they will. <laughs> you don't say. What? Um, <laughs> so with the negotiations they also included that a certain percentage of your writers have to be diverse um so that should help propel not only latinos but other people of color to be in writing rooms and you know hopefully be working on more shows and more movies because their perspective also matters like a lot of time people will write shows and a lot of shows that we like that are either Latino or people of color are written by Latinos and people of color, you have a basis and an understanding for it. And a lot of times you'll watch shows and you're like, mm, that doesn't seem like something a Latino person would say or do. It's because you don't have these people in the room. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully now that negotiations are over, there's, they're getting higher compensation for things. Um, they're no longer blinded to what is happening on streaming and that they are going to force them to be more diverse. Um, hopefully we get better material out of that going forward. It's sad that we have to say the word force. 
It it is, but sometimes that's the only way you're going to get those people to yeah. get in the room. One you know, I, there's a lot of shows that are there. There's lacking of shows that are inclusive, not only in the writing but acting yeah. and subject matter. Like, and the shows that do make it get cut very quickly. Like, I think of one day at a time. Which was on Netflix? It was on Netflix originally. It got one, two seasons? I th- I think it was two seasons, if not three. I think the third one was on, was somebody else produced it after the show went off. Yeah, I forgot the network. F, it was an FX. I forgot it doesn't what it matter. Was. It Lin, was a different network. Lynn Manuel saved it for a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it just goes through, like, even if a show with a diverse cast and a diverse writers makes it to mainstream typically it gets cut pretty quickly yeah. um i'm thinking about another show on netflix called hentify which is based around a mexican family um it got a second season i don't think it's getting a third, third season. season so it's like come on and you can't tell me it's because people aren't watching because people crave representation people associate better with shows that you know you're like Oh, that person looks like me. Right. Which is something that was talked about in the special as well. Whereas, you know, younger aspiring artists want to see themselves represented. Representation matters. Um, Even though people want to tell you it don't. Right. It does matter. And, And it's not saying to force a character in a show just to have representation. It That doesn't make sense. Right. A character or a person of color being on a show, it has to make sense for the show. Um, and you don't have to force diversity. Diversity shouldn't be something that is forced. We live in a diverse world. You can't go to the grocery store without running into three different ethnicities. Yeah. Like, so it should be the same in a TV show. It, it's not realistic for me to watch a show and be like, I haven't seen a single black person. This whole show. You've been in this apartment. Y'all went outside. Like, I didn't even see one in the background. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, I, yeah, I agree with you. that It's a good analogy. And I think about shows that have been on TV, like Modern Families is an example of where we kind of tried to push the button of Blended. Mm-hmm. But we also casted a Spanish person that looked like them. So <laughs> in representation, yeah, there's been steps that have been made in writing, but it, in shows, it would be nice to see more. Right. And, and no disrespect to Modern Family. We like that show. What's her name? Sophia um, Vergara. Love her to pieces. But it goes back to, you know, when that show was created, mm-hmm. it was very much like, yes, we're going to push the envelope. We're going to include a gay family. We're going to include a Latina. But we're not going to push it too much. We're not going to make, we're going to make sure it represents the Latinos that look like everybody else on the cast. I get that. And, and for the time that show came out, that made sense. I oh, mean, it pushed boundaries. Right. Show. I mean, you it got did. a whole gay couple and <laughs> with a baby. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about it. We, we had thought about doing an episode on on the strike and having someone on that was actually, you know, part of the guild, 
but I am thankful that they have worked out negotiations. It seems like things are going to be smooth for them going forward. Um, and hopefully we start getting some better TV in the next year. I'd say two years. Probably two years is more likely. Enjoy the Bachelorette and the Golden <laughs> Bachelor and Who Wants to Dance. There's a show on HBO that I heard about that I want to check out. Is is Naked Dating. So basically the person... <laughs> it's kind of like it's a dating show, but the people that she potentially goes on a date with are naked. Oh, that might <laughs> exclude people real quick because she's gonna go look down and then go back up and be like, "I'm done." <laughs> but that um, will also speak to her character. It it will. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that'll wrap it up for the mixtape. Unless you have something else you want to talk about. No, no, please uh, support. Oh, one last thing. Yes, I wanted to say that if you're looking to support. Latino communities and business and whatnot, uh, check out supportlatino.biz, Bravo India Zulu. Again, supportlatino.biz. They talk about different businesses that are out there in the Latin community. Check them out. It's Hispanic Heritage Month. Let us support them. And go check out the special on Hulu. Yes. Shout out to Adam. Shout out. Shout out. He's all the way in California now. <laughs> Damn. Uh, we planned that just incorrectly. We should have gotten it. But anyways, he's out producing new things, new world. Maybe we'll bring him on afterwards. Yeah. Because I think it's a good experience pod. I do too. And, you know, it's like sitting next to, like, somewhat a celebrity. Because, you know, he talked to Nikki Jam, <laughs> you know? He sat down with Nikki Jam. Um, but, yeah, that will end it for the mixtape. Let's get into what's your issue. Okay. Um, <laughs> great. If you're listening to us, you and you're not on YouTube, you know what the hell just happened. That's <laughs> oh, my first cuss word. Congratulations. Good. Good job. Episode fifty, keeping me grounded. Um, do you have an issue this week? I'll let you go first. Oh, I'm going first. Great. Go ahead. Hi, y'all. Is me. Hit me with it. I'm gonna talk about. Hit me one time. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so speaking of TV, uh, so on the cruise, we started watching this show and it's called Survive the Raft. And we kind of just picked up an episode when we were in the room, you know, before dinner, getting ready, whatever it was on the TV. So basically the idea of the show is that you bring people from different backgrounds, different religions, um, like vegans, uh, black people, white people, Muslims. Muslims together on a raft and they have to survive together. They have to do challenges together to win money, which they all split at the end of the game if they survive. Um, I thought the show was interesting. Mm-hmm. So much so that we looked it up when we got home. <laughs> looked it up when we got home. It's on HBO Max if you want to check it out. Um, from the get-go this show i was like okay this is gonna go one of two ways 
either it's going to be, and I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it. It's going to either be the white people versus the POCs or, you know, people are actually going to work together and get through things and win things. What happened? Hmm. I would say with the within the first three episodes, it quickly turned PLCs got to, to the white people versus the PLCs. Now, I'm not going to say all the white folks on there because there there was a guy who you would think would be the most racist person you ever met, who actually said he was a racist. Said at one point in his life he was a racist. He was a homophobe. Um, but he changed his life um, because of his situation at home um, with his mother divorcing his father and leaving with a black man and going with a black family. Like it changed his worldview. And that is essentially what this show should be doing. It should be changing your worldview, your perspective. What I did not like was that there was a, a, a self professed Karen on board. She called herself a Karen. Um, there was a white guy who didn't think that racism was real, didn't think it should matter, didn't believe in cancel culture. It's a whole thing. Go watch it. Um, <laughs> but it, this this part pissed me off. So there was one black woman one, on, the sh- on the raft out. Mind you, they had voted the Muslim lady off already. Yes, she, she's gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was one black woman on the raft. Now, the black lady and the Muslim lady got into an altercation. Things were said. Nobody hit nobody. There was no violence. It was just all words. So the skinny, I only use this to describe her, the skinny white woman who is a vegan, who doesn't want to see fish killed or animals harmed and i love animals myself but if i'm supposed to survive on this raft i can't just eat grass (laughs) all day ma'am and vegetables right great for you but the rest of us eat meat i'm sorry we're in the middle of the ocean the quickest thing to get is a fish right so after the altercation between the black woman and the muslim woman and the muslim woman got well she kind of sent herself home because she didn't want to be there anymore um, <laughs> she knew she was going on. Right. The vegan woman said that she didn't feel safe anymore with LaShonda, that's her name, on the raft. And she, instead of going to LaShonda and talking to her, what she did was go to the rest of the white people on the thing and say that I don't feel safe. And then it became a group think and it became an issue to where. Now, everybody's like, well, not everybody, because some of them had common sense and they could think for themselves. But a majority were like, well, this poor woman over here doesn't feel safe around you. So the next time this comes around, because what they do is they'll bring somebody new on and you can swap them for somebody that's already on the thing. They were like, "Okay, so we'll just swap her out. And. Some people were on board with this. Some people weren't on board with it. it. To me, it was just this one woman said she felt threatened. Her, she felt unsafe because this black lady was over here arguing with this Muslim woman. And that, in my head, I was like, that seems par for the course. 
like generally it's it's just that for whatever reason white people seem to fear black folks no one's gonna harm you that woman had no intentions of harming anyone and she sat down she talked to you after she overheard you talking about her and said i get it my words made you feel unsafe i apologize i'm sorry for that i i have no intentions of harming anyone on here yet she couldn't let it go so when it came down to it the first chance they got they got rid of her and there, there's a trans man on here as well who is very open-minded and was talking to the rest of the group and was like, how do you think this is going to look to America when we just keep voting off the people of color on here? Like, it is not a great look for us. Yeah. And this, I know this is a social experiment, but to me... Well, that was the whole point. It's a social experiment, which those two people should have been able to talk their differences. Right. Whereas resulting to what your normal cultural norm would be is to feel unsafe, make an issue about it, and then gravitate around the people that would also support you. Right. And I feel like, no shade, I feel like they did the same thing to the first summer who was the um, Muslim woman. I feel like they kind of did the same thing to her. To they, they made it to the point where she thought she was going crazy. She felt uncomfortable. She felt uncomfortable. She felt uncomfortable. She was like, this is what I deal with in my everyday life. Lashonda, same thing. This is what I deal with in my everyday life. Now, both of these people of color had conversations like the first night with them, telling them their experiences. And the one white guy didn't want to hear it. He didn't. He was like, I don't have white privilege. You know, racism doesn't exist when they were explicitly telling you their experiences. And that is what this was supposed to be about. And you're being closed-minded and not listening to them. I say all this to say, I know that experience very well. I am a Black man. I grew up in America. Ever since I was a child, when we were going to the store with my mom and a lady would follow us around in the store, making sure that we didn't steal anything, my mom was like, come on, let's go. I will not spend my money somewhere where someone has to follow me around the store like I can't afford to buy anything in here. I'd rather not spend my money in here. My grandmother was at a grocery store. She got all her groceries. She put them on the thing. The lady was throwing her stuff. You know what she did? She waited until she bagged every freaking grocery and then told the lady she could put it back on the shelf and walked out. We don't deal with this. (laughs) This when, When people tell you their experiences believe, believe them i'm not say, i'm not sitting up here and telling you that i've had white women cross the street or hold their purses tight when i pass them just to be funny it's not funny to me this is the everyday america that i live in this is what i i'm so used to it at this point that it is just it is just like second nature to me but other people White people, you don't have to do that. You don't have to walk around and be somebody completely different than yourselves. And I understand that that it might not be the same for every black person. I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush here, and it might not be the same for all the white people. But when people tell you their experiences, I just need you to believe them. That's it. It's a fantastic show. Go watch it if you have HBO Max. 
it's it's a good i mean you'll enjoy it yeah it's like a it's like a crossbreed between big brother survivor survivor and naked and afraid and but naked not, and afraid but they're not naked but they're not naked they did they were naked for one challenge they did have a naked challenge <laughs> They're ziplining naked. Yeah. Crazy. Um, no, I, I I agree with what you said. And 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 yes, I would, not to get stones thrown, but I would say not every white person feels that way. But what I do take from what you say is when people do share those experiences. Right. Don't shut them down and be like, no, that's not. Don't diminish them because either one, you don't, you don't carry yourself as that person or you just don't see it because it's never happened to you right like for me if i'm if we're sharing a story i used to when i lived with uh one of my best friends uh we would go grocery shopping when i would go by myself uh for some reason that same lady always wanted to check my receipt and make sure the waters that were under my cart were (laughs) scanned through the machine I reversed it one day. I let my friend handle it. And I did it twice because I needed to make sure. <laughs> Both times, same lady. My friend just walked out the store. Yeah. Crazy. So I don't, I don't, I don't get anything out of making up shit. I, I mean, I can give you many more examples of, of, of where I've experienced some kind of, is it racism? Yeah, racism or... It, just a fear of, you know, the, the thought that minorities tend to have or are doing bad, bad things. things. Yeah. You just make that assumption. And I don't, I don't make that assumption about anyone. I, I have plenty. I'm going to do that. I have white friends. Um, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I don't make that assumption about every white person I meet. I don't make that assumption about every black person I meet. I meet people and i meet you where you are and whatever you show me i'm going to take that at face value until you show me differently and i wish more people in this world would do that and i I understand that it's hard to trust people in this world in this day and time but don't just assume that everyone is a criminal or everyone is just spouting or shouting racism because of an like you don't know what these people have been through. Well, going back to the, the show The Raft, there is a trans man on there, like you said. Right. Um, and they were shocked right. that he was trans. <laughs> and I'm just like, see, we're so quick to shut down trans people in our society when you haven't probably even sat down and talked to one of them. Right. And I think Tara made, well, first of all, she said... I thought that I would be able to easily spot a trans person if I ever saw one in real life. And she was shocked that she didn't know that Elliot was trans. And then she asked him the question was like, do would you would your transition have been better if you started when you was a child? And they had that discussion because that is the discussion we have in this country. Should children be on puberty blockers? Should they be able to transition when they're younger? Like. I I welcome that conversation because even though you may not agree with someone or someone's lifestyle, you should be able to sit down and have a conversation because it might enlighten you. Yeah. And he said, yeah, it would have served him better if he had it young. Right. He would have avoided a lot of things 
that he had the challenge as he was growing up. So, I mean, it just, I don't know where I was going with that, what, how I got here with the trans, <laughs> lost my train of thought. But it's just like, that's just what, like, have the conversation with people. Let's stop shutting people down over color or preconceived notions that, you know, Mexicans are always landscaping people. Black people are always stealing. Puerto Ricans are always loud. Oh, I guess we are. I don't really want to. We've given you so many examples, but Carlos and your sister, when they were in Mexico for their honeymoon, and the lady was like, where can I get a towel to him? Oh, yeah. She went right up to Carlos. Girl, I don't work here. I'm a guest. And he's literally in like beach attire (sighs) with my sister. Yeah. Like it's, it happens. It happens. You may not see it. You may not experience it. And you might be a person that doesn't carry yourself that that way and thank you for not doing that but when people tell you these experiences are real they are real and i mean there's no reason for us to lie about these things (laughs) and all we want is equal representation regardless of sexual orientation color religion whatever just treat people like people yeah well this issue has gone way too long (laughs) So I'm not going to say anything. We're just going to close up oh, this episode this week. No, we're good. We're at 57 minutes. We have been chatting at your ears and your eyes at 57 minutes. So, Fine. Um, thank you for joining us today on our very big episode. Episode 50. Episode 50. Like Sean said, we have some things coming up in the mix. We can't really tell you too much. We no. do know... Um, Scream Queer Podcast, Ralph Anthony, will be on our podcast in the episode for our spooky season coming up. Yes, excited about that. Um, and then there's something else in the works that we're maybe going to be featured on. Can't tell you about it. Just <laughs> shit. Um, but please subscribe, like, share. And do all those things. Write follow a review. us on Instagram. Go on Spotify, Apple, whatever you listen to us write a review because you know we're not making any money off this and that's okay but we would like to continue growing um sometimes we sit down we're like that was a real good episode (laughs) um and we just want people to be able to hear that like yeah some people might be on the same journeys that we are in and it's good to be able to share that that's really what we want to get out of this podcast community yeah uh, make sure you follow us on threads and Instagram at M-A-S-X-P-23. I spelled it out first this time because, you know, last time we had All right. We're moving on. Um, and also go on to YouTube. We're there. Same handle. Um, cruise vlog number one and number two are up now. Number one. Did really well. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed number two. I think it turned out well as two. <laughs> um, as one? As well as one? As well as one? Sure. I don't know. My brain stopped working. Man. Anyways. And also check out my room tour if you're interested. Oh, yes. Check out Manny's room tour, which he edited all by himself. Pat on the back. Mm-hmm. It's doing well as well. As well as well. Well as well. We're doing as well as we can be. <laughs> But uh, thank you for your continued support. Um, if you could go, like we said, like those things, subscribe, follow us, yeah. and do all the things. Share us with your friends. All you have to do is copy that link and share it. 
Yes. We'd appreciate it. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, you can write us at manyandshawn at gmail.com. M-A-N-N-Y-A-N-D-S-H-A-W-N. And that'll do it. That'll do it. What's your last word? Um, My last word is be kind. Mm, Be kind. Be kind. Be accepting. Be inquisitive. Ask questions. All good things. Yeah. I challenge you. I challenge you. Find somebody that you're not usually around in your group of friends, whether it's color, religion, sexual orientation. Have a conversation. You may have some similar experiences. Or things in common. You might be more close than you think. Right. Let's stop the political jargon that is spewing so much hate. I think we as people have a right to put that to bed. Let them spew whatever shit they want. But I think if we overcome it, we're going to come out better on the other side. I agree. And I think that is a perfect last word. So remember, we're going to get this on a shirt. Always do something good for yourself. And then do something good for someone else. Because that's important. That'll do it. Thank you for joining us on episode 50. We'll be back with episode 51. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) We said another 50 at least. All right. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Happy October. This will be October when it comes out. Spooky season. I wish you changed the colors and stuff. Make it orange and green. Next episode. Bye, y'all. Bye. I wanna hear